Welcome to another episode of Ella Marie TV. This episode was previously recorded for my YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash Ella Marie Tedebi, T-E-R-E-B-I. This episode is with Julian Williams, the captain of the U.S. national kendo team. And if you don't know what kendo is, be sure to watch the interview so that you can learn about this Japanese martial art that's been around for hundreds of years, how Julian got into it, and where he sees kendo taking him in the future. Enjoy. Hello, good people. I'm so excited to bring you this interview with Julian Williams, the captain of the U.S. national kendo team. And don't worry, we'll explain what kendo is for those of you that may not know. But I'm so excited to bring you this interview, especially as someone who also practices Japanese martial arts, such as Naginata. I'm really interested to hear about Julian's story and uh, what he has to say about learning kendo and where it got started and everything like that. As always, if you're enjoying the interviews, go ahead and comment like subscribe and we'll keep bringing them to you so without further ado julian thank you for making time today thank you so much thanks for having me yeah so so looking forward to this so for the people that may not know what is kendo what is the origin of it can you give us a little breakdown of that um so kendo basically it translates in japanese to the way of the sword um Ken meaning sword and do meaning like the way of. Um, basically, what they what happened with kendo? It started a long time ago when there was samurais, and samurais were practicing um, sword fighting and and things like that. Um, and then it was outlawed to have swords mm-hmm. for for civilians. So basically, they started using wooden swords, and then um, that that art was called kenjutsu. And that was just the art of practicing with the wooden swords. And then they, and then over time, they they refined it and polished it up a little bit, and then it became kendo. And then um, it's kendo. It's actually one of the the martial arts in Japan where you can't be a police officer unless you know kendo or judo. Wow. Um, because yeah, so um, all police officers are required to do one or the other, and. Um, Basically, that that comes from just ancient times, way back then. The the police force in Japan are the ones that have have the swords. So that's that tradition kind of carried down, and and here we are today. Kendo is known around the world. It's widespread. I think there's about 62 countries that are actually competing at the world championships now. So I mean, it's made its way all the way around. And a fun fact that I learned, so I used to work at the Japanese consulate here in Chicago and my colleague, Mm -hmm. Austin, shout out to Austin, uh, practices kendo. And he taught me that apparently this lightsaber sound that we have now in Star Wars was actually created with kendo. They were hitting two kendo um, swords together, the wooden ones, to make that sort of like sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So back in the day, that's how they learned. And I think to this day, um, actors are still trained using kendo um, for movies like Star Wars or sort of um, any sort of sword um, fighting action that they have to do. So love the the history of it and, and sort of where it's come full circle now. So tell us a little bit about your background. How did you get into kendo? Um, when did it get started? You're now the captain of the team, all of that. Big, very long story. Um, Sorry. Not too complicated though. I So um, just kind of give you a little bit of knowledge. I'm half Japanese and I'm half uh, American. And um, growing up, and I grew up in a little city called Fresno, California. Um, 
right in the middle of California. We're between San Francisco and like Los Angeles. And it's about three hours away, both ways. And there's, there, there's not a really big Japanese population in Fresno, at least um, for my mom, she was a, an immigrant. Like she came, she came to America from Japan. Um, there are a lot of Nisei, Sansei, Yonsei people, which are second generation, third generation, fourth generation people um, around in Fresno, California, because they had internment camps and things like that. So there was a bit of a Japanese culture there, but it wasn't very, um, like, I guess, current. It was, it was kind of an older Japanese culture that was um, uh, in Fresno. And it, it wasn't a very big Japanese speaking um, place either. So um, for my mom to kind of give us something to, to kind of feel Japanese, I guess, in, 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 in a town like Fresno. She, she threw us in Kendo. We had a, a mutual friend that had joined. So we, we all joined together. Um, when I say we all, I have two, two siblings. I have an older brother and a younger brother. Um, and, and we've all been doing Kendo since I was about 10 years old. So I'm 28 now, so about 18 years ago. Um, from there, um, my brothers and I, we, we practiced at a little dojo out there with literally it's so we practiced on on wooden floors and over there i'm telling you we practiced on tennis courts um uh, we, we practiced on carpet floors and and little churches that, that gave us uh time to actually practice there right and then from there went to a lot of local tournaments in san jose the surrounding cities and um got scouted uh, eventually when i was i think 18 by the current team or or the old team usa um, captain and asked us to come out to like a training camp so I went did that and came back with a little more knowledge of what Team USA was and then I tried out um, I tried out when I was 20 on my 21st birthday I made the, the, the team um, yeah I was actually on the 21st birthday was the day I made the, the the national kendo team wow and so i didn't really have one of those drinking crazy birthday parties i had i had a, a pretty hard practice <laughs> um but it was cool so i've been doing that um i so it's been seven years now since i've been on the team so um being on the team from 21 to 27 it all seems like a blur just because mm. we spend almost every day training yeah um I train right now Monday through Fridays and it's um it all kind of blurs together and the world championships it's every three years okay so um my first one was in 2015 in Tokyo in Tokyo Japan after that we went to Korea in 2018 and then the next one is going to be 2000 well it's supposed to be this year in 2021 but it's going to yeah. be next year in 2022 got it um in Paris France okay um but yeah, it's, it's, it's been it's a good, good ride. I mean, it's been pretty good. Since, since we made it through college and everything, it was just pretty much the same thing. Like just training every day. Yeah. Uh, I used to drive from Fresno to LA every every weekend. What? Uh, it's, wow. been, it's been tough. Yeah. It's, yeah. There was. Yeah. I'm, I'm just thinking I'm playing it in my head right now. Like, yeah, man, it has been a yeah. When you think back on it, yeah, you really start to realize yeah. how much you've dedicated to it and 
much you've mm -hmm. dedicated to your practice and, and things like that. And I think that's really, really admirable. Um, and I, yeah, I know about your brother. So actually for everyone that doesn't know that I'll put a link below, but there's a couple of interviews of you all because you all have all been involved in Kendo and you were all like really high ranking. So it actually kind of leads into my next question, which is how has it been practicing and even having matches against your siblings, right? I mean, I think there've been times when maybe one's been up at the top and then you've been here and you're like, no, I'm gonna be you, right? So how has that been as an experience as a family um, with kendo growing up with siblings that practice kendo with me um it was awesome you know it was always nice to have something extra that that always brought us together because you know I have friends with siblings and and there isn't really anything besides the family aspect of it um that actually connected them so it's cool to have something external like kendo to, that brings us together since we were kids um we were always in different age divisions mm -hmm. and age groups um, and I'm sure you're familiar with like the, the ranking system, right? So, um, so it was, it was separated. Um, then once we became teenagers and we got our done, which is uh, equivalent to a black belt, um, we started competing in the same divisions. Okay. And so that's when it became fun. That's when we started like competing against each other. We were right. both, uh, shodan. Uh, we were all three, like, I think shodan around the same time. And maybe my brother was Nidan. And yeah, we, we used to compete and my little brother and I, we, we really go at it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I think we're, we're pretty neck and neck. Yeah. He was always the most talented one uh, growing up, always won first place. Um, yeah, he was, he was the talented one. So it was <laughs> definitely, uh, it was definitely, it was definitely tough yeah. because uh, I was, you know, being the older brother and you know, losing your old little brother and there's always that little, Yep. Um, kicking your butt. We're like, I'm not going to lose to you. I'm not going to lose to you. So now my little brother, actually, he's also on Team USA. He's on the okay. same team as me. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. So um, so he actually is moving out to LA from San Jose uh, here pretty shortly. So he can actually come practice with us. So nice. that's going to be amazing. Just practicing my brother yeah. every day. Yeah. Do this. Um, my older brother, he didn't really take that much of an interest to do the Team USA aspect of it, but he does also teach at a dojo okay. um, back home in Fresno. So that's, so we're all still pretty involved. Yeah, with it. still involved with it and everything like mm -hmm. that. But that's great that your brother will be able to to join you and uh, join the practices with the teams, and and that'll be really nice. Um, have you practiced any other martial arts outside of kendo, um, iaido? Maybe I've heard that some kendo players learn iaido, which is also a sword. Um, martial art um, to mm -hmm. sort of learn different movements and things like that, or maybe Aikido or anything like that? Have you practiced anything and has it helped you or not? Um, I can't. I've done like Muay Thai for like a couple months back okay. home in, in Fresno, but Kendo is always the main thing. Okay. It, it's almost something that I've done for so long that it's just kind of become a part of me, how I walk and everything like that. It's just kind of in my body and, yeah. and I haven't really, I've tried to do other things like boxing and, and it's pretty difficult to adjust like my footwork to, to doing mm, something else or, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm so in tune with what kendo is and how yeah. the, my body is supposed to be moving with, yeah. with that. It's, it's, it's hard to transition out of it almost yeah. uh, in, in a way when I'm talking about, I, I, I did try boxing and, and yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty difficult for me. <laughs> yeah, no, that's very interesting. Um, and now you know that, you know, we have like Ayumiyashi and, and things like that. So I think it's mm -hmm. sort of similar um, for people that don't know, Naginata is a little bit more, I would say, I don't know how to describe it, like horizontal and Kendo is very like front facing. 
Um, mm-hmm. Actually, one of my favorite like things to do is watch Kendo versus Naginata matches <laughs> because it's always interesting to see um, how they're able to make different points, even if um, mm-hmm. they have different swords. But uh, yeah, the footwork, if you all ever watch Kendo videos, you'll see that there's a specific way that you move forward and backwards um, in a match. Um, so yeah, that's interesting that it's that it makes it difficult for you to do anything else. <laughs> um, right. So when Americans think of martial arts, they think of karate, they think of judo, maybe they think of taekwondo, maybe even Muay Thai, right? Um, mm-hmm. But they maybe don't think about kendo. Um, and it's still very popular, it's still well known. So I wonder how you think it's maintained as it is right now. And then why do you think it's not as maybe well known um, in the US as other martial arts? So sort of a two-part. Uh, yeah, I mean, to answer the first part of the question, I think it's the culture of it. Mm. Um, it's something that's that's been around. The people that the cool thing about kendo compared to a lot of different martial arts, like maybe karate or judo or, or taekwondo, um, it's one of those things where as you get older, you get stronger. Mm. You know, it's not it's. By the time you're 60, you'll be stronger than you were when you were 30, just because mm. you un- you understand it, and it, it really has that kind of Star Wars effect where you become yeah. the older you get, you become yeah. like this powerful Jedi, Jedi. It's, yeah. <laughs> right? So the ranking system, it the way it is, it it goes from Shodan, Nidan, Sandan, Yondan, that Godan, Okadan, Hachidan, and then once you're at Hachidan, um, each one of those you have to wait the number of years of the rank to mm-hmm. actually test for the next one. So by the time you're a Hachidan, you were probably, you know, about 50 yep. above. And that's when you're like the strongest. Those guys are impossible to beat. And because I think the lifespan of how long you can do, you can do it for the rest of your life. It's kind of easy to pass it down and teach mm-hmm. your kids. The parents can teach their kids and then they can teach their kids. So it kind of keeps it going. Um, so it's kind of, I think it's been kind of at a standstill or pretty stagnant. It's slowly growing in America, but um, definitely in other countries, it's something that's also, it's becoming more widespread. Um, the reason I don't think it's been popularized is just because I think the Olympics, right? I think yeah. it's the Olympics um, because it's not an Olympic sport. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not something that's getting funded. It's not something that's getting put on TV. Right. Um and it's just a martial art. And don't get me wrong, I would love I would love for Kendo to be in the Olympics and become more popularized. Right. I would love for it to be a little bit more mainstream and yeah. something that people could actually more people could be exposed to and understand. Um, but I I don't really see that getting there just because of the um, the talks of it being in the Olympics. And then the, whenever I go to Japan to train and I talk to people in Japan about it. They don't want it to go to the Olympics just because it's something, it's a martial art and they don't want to take the the boodle aspect, like the, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, that aspect out of it and turn it into just an Olympic sport. Yeah. So I do understand that because it is something where um, like Degi, Degi is like the manner, mannerisms and, and, and the manners of Kendo and like how things are done. It's very proper and um, there's a certain way to do things mm-hmm. and I think if it does become an Olympic sport, the, the fear is that that part of it will kind of disappear. Mm. That's really interesting. I didn't think about that because I would almost think that 
they would want more people to know about the regi, right? Like about mm-hmm. the manners and how you have to bow to each other and how you have to hold your swords a certain way when you enter the, you know, the square and everything like that. So that's interesting mm-hmm. that you bring that up. I, I wonder if we can, we can help break that down and make it a little bit more right. accessible to people. Cause I know like my cousins, Noah, he loves kendo. Um, there's a Japanese mm-hmm. culture center. They have a kendo team. There's a kendo team at all the universities, all those different things. So it's definitely still around. Um, but yeah, it's not, you know, not, like pintokonai, right? Like it doesn't automatically come to yeah. you when you think about martial arts. Um, and so I'm wondering if there's a way in which we can make it a little bit more just because it is such, it's also a very like beautiful art, uh, martial art mm-hmm. when you think about it. So uh, it would be great to see it a little bit more um, mainstream and a little bit more people knowing about it sort of right off the bat. Do you, sort of switching gears to the, to the team aspect of things, do you feel any pressure as the captain of Team USA um, what is your leadership style? And especially, you know, now that your brother is going to be down there with you and things like that, how do you feel and how do you lead, um, your team? Um, yes. The first answer. Yes. I feel a lot of pressure, you know, as the, as the captain, just because I have really big shoes to feel, to yeah. fill. Um, my la- the last captain, um, was, you know, he was my senpai and he was, yeah. you know, obviously a lot stronger than I was and his captain, uh, which was, I was on that same team the captain before him was incredibly, incredibly talented, really strong, has been, I think the lot when I made Team USA and, and the captain that I was on at that time, it was his seventh or eighth worlds. And that's like mm-hmm. 15 years of doing kendo or 20 years of doing Team USA. Okay. And those really big shoes to fill, I sent by and then now me to fill those shoes. It's, you know, it's, I do feel a lot of pressure. Um, Right now, currently, I feel more pressure um, just because we have three years uh, before. So it's, we start training two years before the world. Right. And I know two, and then in the grand scheme of things, two years looks like a, a very, uh, it looks, it feels like a long time, but it goes by very fast. And right. um, being a captain of a team that's spread out. So I'm one member that's living in LA. There's another one in LA. There's one in uh texas there's mm. one in nebraska and then there's another guy in um i think it's maryland and then wow. we've got a guy in vegas yeah. and then another guy in san diego so it's it's pretty difficult to to lead a team like that especially during this pandemic it's been you know for, to make sure everybody's still keeping up with training and going like yeah. um just staying on top of everything, not getting out of shape and yeah. trying to stay sharp mentally and physically. Um, I definitely feel a lot of pressure right now because mm-hmm. 2022 now is around the corner. And, you know, if they announced a date for, for Worlds tomorrow, I want to make sure the team is ready so we can just yeah. start fine tuning instead of getting better, getting better, getting better, just being ready. Mm-hmm. And then if the competition is tomorrow, let's, let's go. Right. Um, so I do feel a lot of that pressure, um, just making sure that everybody's ready and we do have a solid five members that, that can, you know, go for the team. Yeah. Um, and then that's, uh, what was the second part of that question? I'm sorry. What, <laughs> what, what is your leadership style, right? So how are you leading them sort of in the midst of, of this and in general, how do you sort of motivate them? Well, thank goodness for Zoom. Um, yes. I get to, I definitely get to see them a lot on zoom we do um i don't know if you know what suburi is so suburi is like the, the suburi yeah suburi is like the swings that yeah. we swing the, yep. the kind of thing yep Over for, you have to do like a thousand of those at like the beginning of practice or something like that 
right so that's what we do over zoom and, oh, wow. and, and we outside of kendo since we can't really practice too much um we're doing like physical activities like we just tried doing p90x uh oh, wow. like, okay. workout okay. things yeah yeah so we just put the whole th whole team through p90x right. uh for the last three months and um just trying to make sure we're staying physically active staying yeah. in shape um as far as my uh leadership style i think i'm um i think it's it's very similar to kind of how the tradition has kind of passed down mm -hmm. been passed down through the past team usas there's kind of a certain way to do things in the way that things should be right um just kind of i mean there's a certain order of things so i just kind of keep that order it's i'm very hands off but it's mm. I think if at the same time to be on on team usa for kendo is not like being on team usa for a lot of other things right because it is definitely something that is done on the side mm. right i have to work a regular job right, you know, like right i work seven to four then i train after that wow um whereas in kendo it's something in japan kendo is something you can make a living off of or korea right. same deal same deal right here it's not like that so to be a captain of a team where it's everybody's doing something on the side but trying to make that the priority number one that's <laughs> that's the, the hard part that's a challenge i guess here can't imagine yeah so so mm. to find a group of people and have a group of people that are making that priority number one and you know, even work comes second. Like the, some members from the last team had quit their jobs, moved to Japan for a few months and wow. just trained before world championships. And for me, myself, I used to live in Fresno. I moved here for Kendo and then found a job right. for a software company. And, and it, it just, for, and it's, it's like that for the whole team. So um, just making sure that everybody remains, just follows that order and, and stays disciplined enough to to make that make it their priority and, and it making sure people are willing to make that sacrifice as well because yeah. we are sacrificing three years of our life to just train to to for one day you know yeah, at, yeah. At the world championship so it's um it's yeah it's just finding the people that are willing to make the sacrifice to do mm -hmm. that mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because it's not something that's going to pay out or anything right. it's just some this is a wild dream it. we have you know we just want to win yeah so yeah. i think just making sure everybody's on the same page at all times is yeah. is just the way that I, I i lead the team yeah yeah and kudos to you for that i know that leadership is it's definitely a difficult role to be in a lot of times and especially during you know the pandemic and things like that i can't imagine that it's easy and I love that you all are staying fit in different ways. I think a lot of people might not realize that kendo actually requires a lot of stamina and a lot of cardio um, that a lot of people just wouldn't think about normally. Um, but if you mm. ever see a kendo practice, you will understand uh, why they have to be as fit as they do in order to, to participate. Um, so glad that you brought that up as well. What has been your toughest match or maybe even experience with kendo and how did you overcome that? Um, I wouldn't... I don't really have any really tough matches that I can think back on and 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 think like man like that was tough. I guess there's there's one it was it was my world championships match where I lost in mm. in top 16. Um I lost to the world champion um Shou Ando. 
And mm -hmm. I mean, this guy, I, I, I had a division that I was going to beat this guy, but in reality, I, I knew myself, I was not there yet. And mm -hmm. it's beating the, the, the guys from Japan or Korea that are on team Japan. It's, it's an incredible feat to, to be able to do. And, um, I think I, I knew that I wasn't there yet at the time. So I, I wasn't myself as defeated as uh, somebody who maybe thought they could. Mm. Um, I had an idea that, you know, that this guy was really strong. There was possibility that I could win, but even that wasn't um, something that was too tough on me. I knew I would come back next time and be stronger. Um, I've more had tough experiences um, through Kendo and it was, it was more, you know, once I've made the team, um, just like, you know, a football team, you see in football movies, they're like, they have hell week. Yeah. Well, I had like hell months. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and the, when I made the team, I was uh, driving to LA mm. from Fresno three hours every weekend after class, I, I got out of school. Um, and then I would just drive to LA, go train Friday, Saturday, Sunday, come back home on Sundays, go back to school Mondays. Um, and those training, those trainings on the weekends when I first started were, they were, they were mentally, <laughs> emotionally and physically defeating, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and like I said, it's just something that, you know, we're all, I'm also doing on the side. So just not, if I didn't have everything in my life as far as school or work or whatever else was, if that was not in order it made the weekend 10 times harder because mm -hmm. I was playing, I'd be playing catch up on both. Right. So I think doing that and, and going through that hell month, those hell months of, of training to, to actually be on the team. Um, the, those were my toughest experiences. I, yeah. I've, yeah, I've gone through, I've gone through it. You know? yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's definitely, it's hard to explain. Um, but it's very easy for me to picture in my head. <laughs> yeah, what, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's really important. And um, I think a lot of people don't understand the, um, the mental and the physical toll that it can take, right? Um, off mm -hmm. the bat, they just want to practice it. They think it looks cool and things like that. But to really be dedicated to, to an art um, really requires a lot of that. And um, it's good to remind people of that. So thank you for sharing. Um, on the flip sure. side, What's the, you have a positive, like a highlight. You're like, okay, this was, this makes it worth it. Um, that kind of moment. Besides um, being captain of the team. <laughs> that feeling where I was like, yeah, this is worth it. This okay. like, this is something I, I love doing. Yeah. Um, so the first time I made the team, um, I was 21. The world championships happened in 2015. Um, and then I was 23. After, so the first time I didn't get to play, um, I was, I was actually, um, uh, I was like on the bench, like basically. So I was, um, like red shirted. I don't know what you're going to call it, but, um, so the players had played and we lost to Korea in the, sem in the semifinals mm -hmm. and we took third. And during that, the whole two years, I didn't, I didn't, I trained every day, every weekend. Um, and I knew I wasn't going to play because there were like five people that were better than me. Um, mm -hmm. Even though I, I had trained with this team during the entire time, 
um, at the end of the world championships, after we had lost and took third, we all went to like the, the side, like the side of the, the arena or the stadium and right. just kind of gathered as a team. And, you know, we just started crying, right? Like, this mm-hmm. is, yeah, mm-hmm. like, this is done. Like, yeah. yeah. And, and the captain had told me, it's like, and they were, that team had been retiring. Mm-hmm. So that was their last chance to try to beat Japan and get first place at the world championships. Right. And they were like, it's on you guys now. And, then, and it was three of us that were staying and playing, mm-hmm. uh, going to return uh, for the next world. And he was like, it's on you guys now. And that moment where it was like, wow, like this, it's over. Mm-hmm. Like the last two years of training every day and sacrificing every weekend, missing birthdays, funerals, you know, weddings, whatever, just, just to train so we could win mm-hmm. was all over. Mm. and then we had all this free time and I didn't know what to do with my time the only thing I could think about was like like we were so close like I can't wait to do that again and like during the whole first two years it was like why am I doing this why am I doing this mm-hmm. like, like there were so many days where I was like I got I don't want to do this anymore I'm gonna quit right, like, right. And, and then after the first world and I got to see that I didn't even, I didn't really even get to play. I didn't get to play or anything. I just got to experience being there. Um, that was enough for me to just want to do this again. Mm-hmm. And then after I did it the second time, I, you know, same, it was, it was just so much more motivation to get better. And then now I don't ever have those thoughts of why am I doing this? I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, I want to win so I can retire. Like, I don't want to do this uh, anymore, Yeah. but I want to win. So I'm going to work as hard as I can, try as hard as I can, train as hard as I can. That way I can retire and I can be done. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's, yeah, the, the frame of mind has definitely changed. Yeah. I don't know, hearing your story, I really like, I'm very like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm very like um touched by hearing your story just how dedicated you are to it um and I can feel like your passion and like how you're really you know um dedicated to this so yeah thank you again for for sharing um do you have any advice for youth that might be interested in practicing kendo um getting involved in it anything like that um For youth trying to get in kendo, I think it's it's something that you'll have, and it'll it'll sit with you for the rest of your life, you know. And it's it's in a very positive way. Um, everybody that I've ever got a chance to teach, you know, kendo or or practice kendo with, I've I haven't. I could say there's a very 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 small number of people that you like wouldn't want to be around like they're 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 all really like it's such a good thing like it's 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 something that teaches you how to be a good person inside kendo and outside kendo in your regular life and it teaches you a lot of you know manners and and things and how to be a decent person without Mm -hmm. really having to teach you just because it's something that you're going to be surrounded by um the culture of it is absolutely beautiful um and if it's something that you're willing to like for for a kid that wants to be on team usa or team japan or team korea wherever you know wherever they live they want to take it to the next level 
don't be afraid to take risks mm -hmm. and just do it, you know, uh, you know, regardless of if it's going to pay out or not, if it's something that you want and you want it bad enough, like just go get it. Like yeah. there's not, nothing should hold you back. Just like, just do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's nothing. Shout out Nike. Yep. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Just make it work, make yeah, it work and figure it. it out. You could yeah. just do it and then figure it out later. <laughs> you know? That's not something your parents would tell you, but like if it's something you're passionate about and they're not going to let you do it, you know, I'd say just do it and figure it out later. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I think there's so many youth that um, would love it. And I want to, you know, expose more youth in Chicago, at least to martial arts and things like that. So I definitely think that that's great advice. Um, one, two more things. So do you have anything to promote? I don't know if you have any, you want people to join, you want people to do anything, anything like that. It's okay. Um, I don't really have anything to promote. Um, yeah. I mean, we do have uh, a Team USA Instagram page. All right, um, right. So if you go Team USA Kendo on Instagram, um, yeah. right now we're running a, um, we're doing this 30-day post where it's actually, if you wanted to get to know about Team USA Kendo, I mean, we're posting um, pictures from back in, I think, the 90s wow. uh, of like the, the historic Team USA members and right you know, what Team USA, where we've gone and just actually really just starting to build an online presence to, to show people, you know, yeah. who Team USA was before I was on it and social media was actually a thing, you know. Mm -hmm. So um, we, yeah, we just want to promote Kendo and, and Kendo as a whole and just have this, you know, expose it more. I want it to be yeah. more exposed and yeah. one day hopefully get this in, in schools or something, you know, yeah. like martial yeah. arts into schools or something. Yeah yeah um that would be amazing but <laughs> yeah i mean team usa kendo instagram page okay. i think we have a uh we do have a facebook page okay. um support team usa kendo Woo. so if you guys can go to that and uh donate and you're flying all out to paris <laughs> yeah we're all going to paris for the worlds and yeah it's gonna be great it's gonna be great final question and I always throw like a little curveball question that doesn't really have to do with anything that we talked about. So mm -hmm. uh, just gonna, gonna throw it out there for you. Um, ocean or mountains, which do you prefer? Ocean. Good choice. We love that. We love that. I mean, I'm an ocean person. However, there are some people who really mm -hmm. love nature and climbing and mountains and things like that. And I don't mind it. Yeah. But let's be real, water is a little more healing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I do like I like yeah. water, and I, you know it's funny because in Fresno, I'm I was actually really close to Yosemite. Yep. Um, it's like right in my backyard, so I used to go there every summer. And now that I'm in LA and I'm close to the ocean, I don't think I can understand. see myself going back to. <laughs> you understand? You understand? Yeah. I love LA. I love the ocean. Um, thank you so much, Julian. Really, of course. Really Thanks for having me. It. Yes, and. Uh, We'll look forward to seeing more from you.